I kind of like the organic growth. Come eat my food. I hope you enjoy it. Come out and see us. Obviously, you know, I hope you enjoy the experience and the hospitality that you get. This community alone is um, you know, a weekend community, obviously, but there's a lot of people that have retired here. And so we've got a lot of old folks that lately, because I've been here, I've made great friends you know, with. And what they have always asked us is, hey, you know, how are you doing? Are you making money? Because I see you killing yourself. I mean, you're here at 3 a.m. and you don't leave till you know when God knows when. You know, and I always tell them it's not really about the money. It's not the dollar sign. Obviously, I've got to provide for my family and I've got to make a decent living so I can get by. But for me, it's about seeing people's reaction. You know, watching them enjoy your food. You know, like you guys know, sausage is an incredible thing to learn. It's it's hard. I've got batches now still in my freezer that are just not up to par that I can't serve. But I'll go and cook them for homeless people, you know, anything that I can. But it's just, that's a part of it. You have to learn, you have to do your best and turn out good quality food. Because at the end of the day, if you're not around, you know, doing it for those reasons, you're gonna not last very long. You know, like if you're trying to be a millionaire off barbecue, I wouldn't suggest getting into our industry. <laughs> barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we are here with Zaid and Mallory. And you folks are with Smokin' Z's Barbecue. And Smokin' Z's is down here near Galveston. In Bayou Vista, Texas. Yeah, right on the water. It is. <laughs> go catch some fish, come have some barbecue. There that's that's the best thing about this, obviously, other than the barbecue, is that uh, you can dock your boat up behind this place and uh, yeah, come get you some barbecue. Brian has a boat that hasn't seen a dock in many, many of the <laughs> Yeah, my wife keeps reminding me of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, you can put her on the boat. Yeah, Come got a on boat down. for sale. but well, You're going to need room gonna in the storage it. space, which we won't reveal now, but we'll reveal at a later date. But you're going to need more storage room here pretty soon. Yeah. So. Well, I always need more storage <laughs> room. You know what they say about boats, bust out another thousand. There yes, you go. yes, and the two happiest days in a boat owner's life. This is my third boat I've had in my life, and it'll, it'll be both my happiest day and Buying my saddest day. Selling. Yes, <laughs> yes. But it, they're great things to have. But let's stop talking about boats and fish because let's talk about barbecue. Let's talk about some barbecue. Yeah, you guys are open on the weekends right now, uh, 11 a.m. till sellout. What time do you guys typically sell out or run out of meat? Honestly, uh, we start running low, 2.30, 3 o'clock. Uh, at the moment, we're not making the most massive of portions. Uh, it's a little slower time right now, but uh, during the summer, it's hopping out here. You know, golf carts everywhere, and uh, it's, a, it's definitely a fun atmosphere. It's different for barbecue, but we love it. Yeah, right, right next to a community, which I'm sure has a lot of rental opportunities in, you know, in the summer and spring break and things like that. So if you're looking for barbecue down this way, this is the place to go. Um, Easy stop yeah. on the way down to Galveston, just, yeah. just right off of uh, I-45. Yep. Pop over and come get you some barbecue. Highway yep. 6 yeah. exit. There you go. Right before you hop on the causeway, we're right here on the right-hand side. So you guys have had an interesting journey to get you to where you are now. Let's, let's talk about the early days. Uh, where did you guys grow up at? Mallory, if you want to start. Sure. Um, so Zayd and I both grew up in Sugarland, Texas. Um, we actually did not know each other back then. I moved out of Sugarland and moved to Wyoming, of all places. Um, went to high school there. It's a real barbecue hotbed, I heard. Yeah, <laughs> tons of people. Isn't it's that really where the, great. the Snake River Wagyu? Yeah, that's where the biscuits jump out of the Snake River. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, I lived up there for a long time. I uh, actually got a full ride scholarship to the University of Wyoming. So went there for a year, then took a year off and came down to Sugarland to just take a break and met Zaid, um, started dating, and he started coming back and forth between Wyoming and Sugarland for four years while I went to college and did the entrepreneurial. Was that a drive? 
<laughs> no, no, definitely not. Okay. Luckily, <laughs> luckily are Southwest. Really cheap. Yeah, is, Southwest uh, is our best friend. Yeah, um, racked up a lot of miles in those years. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Zay did his entrepreneurial thing the whole time, jumped between job to job that he was doing himself, between selling motorcycles and selling cars and all in the auction all, business. Yeah, all that in between. And uh, we did that until I graduated in 2014, and then we moved down here to Bayou Vista. So, and started the barbecue kind of journey then. Right. We used to, you know, set up in our driveway and we'd have the police officers here in the community. We've got our small community and uh, they smell it from down the street. They come stop by, can I get a plate, you know, and I'm only cooking small amounts for just family and friends. And as we started putting out a little bit of food here and there, you know, people loved it and kind of gave us that drive to say, hey, you know, maybe we could do this. It's not about your friends telling you it's good because no one's going to tell you bad. But, you know, free barbecue is bad. Free, yeah, Anything that's, that's for what we free, always tell they're never going to tell yeah. you it's bad. But when you've got strangers enjoying your product and it kind of gives you that little bit of a boost and you say, you know, maybe we can do this. Maybe we're not too crazy, you know. Taking that little leap, is it's really hard. But when you do it, it's definitely gratifying. What made you start wanting to cook barbecue? Did you grow up in cooking barbecue? Uh, so honestly, it wasn't barbecue, but I've always been passionate about cooking. Um, growing up in an Arabic family, like I said before, you can walk into my aunt's house at any time of the day and she's happy to cook you a fresh meal. And the hospitality that I've grown up with, just from going to families' homes and seeing that, always drove me to barbecue. Because when you go to barbecue, you order family style. You're ordering you know, five pounds of meat, two pounds of brisket, you know, whatever you guys like. So that always drew me in to see you know, the family style of meals, the hospitality that you get. You treat everyone like family and that's kind of what drew me to barbecue. And then over time, cooking with live fire just got more and more interesting to me, you know. And from, uh, in addition to some of the other correlations, it's spices, does that kind of translate into barbecue as well? Um, you know, we don't use a lot of the similar spices, but I will say in some dishes that we're trying to make coexist with each other, I'm trying to bring in a little bit of the Arabic flair to, you know, Texas-style barbecue. And I would uh, say the heavy, like being on the heavier side of seasoning is very similar though the arabic food right right i mean we're not shy to season anything there's a lot of people that are just salt and pepper only but you know we're we understand salt and pepper is king but you can add some other things to your stuff to make it just as good so i think one of those correlations between barbecue and arabic cooking is it's a different scent but it's very aromatic I right mean, you mm-hmm. can smell a barbecue place from down the street right arabic cooking is very floral very aromatic you can smell it cooking mm-hmm. and, it, and it and it gets you excited to eat it before the plate ever exactly. gets in front of you exactly when your mouth's watering when you smell something you know hopefully that food's going to be right. amazing but and really it's, it's, it's the fact that you went to high school at the same place as patrick fegis and me so it's kind of like this right <laughs> it, it, it's this barbecue hotbed it's this high school reunion of barbecue so yeah yeah, it's funny talking about high school when i was in high school um i actually had a lady she was one of our teachers and she took a you know a lot of i guess pride in me because i had some troubles in school and she really helped me get through and one of the things i always told her was i wanted to start cooking barbecue i just had a dream to just cook briskets and i loved it you know going to schmitty's and blacks as a kid i just loved it it was so cool to see but i never owned a smoker so one day she said i've got this beater in the back of my yard you want it come Hmm. get it and that started everything. Like literally, I came home yours. and I, <laughs> I still have it because I won't get rid of it. I sanded the whole thing down, I painted it, and I treated that thing like my baby. You know, I love that cooker. Until this day, I still give her the most credit because she turned me on to really cooking barbecue. And this is 10 years ago, you know, so it was a and cool when, experience. When he was like five years old. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> 
Now, we, we like to ask, too, uh, how was that first brisket cooked? What was oh. that like? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I got pictures. I thought I did amazing. You know, nowadays, I'm like, holy cow, what did I turn out? You, um, know? you were also cooking with mesquite back then, oh, I was which cooking was, like, with my some, least yeah, favorite thing spicy ever. I would mesquite. take a bite of it, and I was like, oh, this is fantastic, and, like, turn <laughs> right. around and just swallow as much water. It's early dating days, so you don't want to be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, yeah, your brisket's she didn't, great. Yeah, she didn't want to offend me, but uh, it definitely it definitely was tough. It definitely wasn't where it needed to be, and it definitely wasn't trimmed properly, you know. So it's crazy to look back on those days and say, wow, how far we've come. Just in general in the whole community, not just us watching other businesses grow. It's been cool to see, you know. I think one of those things that really stood out to me was Truth Barbecue. That was one of the other experiences that impacted my barbecue journey, in my opinion. Going there, meeting Leo, um, it was an incredible experience. I mean, the food, the atmosphere, the way he put out, the attention to detail is just, that's what I like. I'm a perfectionist as much as I can be, and when I saw his place and his food and the quality that people spoke about, finally being able to taste it, opened up a whole new world for me. Yeah, I definitely agree. I didn't understand the craft barbecue. He kept telling me, craft barbecue, we're going to be craft barbecue, and I'm like, sure, because I grew up going to Papa's barbecue and eating chopped brisket, baked potatoes my whole life. That was my experience of barbecue. And then he took me to Truth, and I was like, all right, I'm understanding. I'm getting there. Got it now. This is totally different. It's a whole different class of right. food. I mean, it really is. And, and there's nothing wrong with industrial no, barbecue, whatever all. we want yeah, to call or it. Or old-school barbecue, mm-hmm. right. not the modern techniques. We, you know, we did a trip to Luling and Lockhart a few months ago because we hadn't been in a while, and we still loved it. It was a great mm-hmm. experience. There's, it's a different experience. Right. They're you still know. splitting the briskets, you know. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's still the, the old method of doing table it. Table salt. Right. Yeah. right. Table salt. Love it's it. so odd now. Right. But but it, that's what they used. I mean, it's right. what was handy and it's well, what they used. Well, it goes back to what barbecue originally was. It was a way to get rid of meat in your market that you couldn't sell any longer. And so you weren't going to spend a lot of time, effort, and money putting expensive seasonings on it. You were right. going to throw it on the pit as cheap as you could, sell it as cheap as you could. And modern barbecue just isn't that. Right. Mm-hmm. now. Thankfully. But, yes. Thankfully. Right. And, they, they, you know, the, they've said the golden age of barbecue and a lot of that. And we really are. We're at, we're at a point to where barbecue is this elevated craft. And So tell us a little bit about how you went from that, that first brisket cook into cooking something that, that you're happy with. Oh, man. Uh, well, it definitely was a lot of years. A lot of years of, of a lot of effort. You know, obviously when you're first doing it, you're reading online, you're trying to figure out what you're doing and people tell you you know 203 that's the way it needs to be you know the temperature the temperature and everyone's so focused on the temperature and they're not feeling their brisket so over time I started cooking I you know I'd feel one I cook two and I say well this one's cooked this one's not they're both at 203 what's the deal and then finally you know you start going and trying other people's food and you say well what am I doing wrong you know after going to truth it just kind of made me really hunker down and understand just the process, the science behind cooking meats, just the effort you've got to put into it, the time, you know, it definitely was one of those things that it was a process, you know, there's, it didn't happen overnight. We definitely cooked lots of brisket and uh, we're just extremely happy to be where we are now, you know. I definitely have to give credit to Zade. I mean, we don't have a lot of, we don't have a barbecue community around us. We don't know anyone else that runs a pit. We don't, we didn't grow up in a barbecue family or anything of that nature. So he is, 100% 100% self-taught between what barbecue blogs and YouTube videos and this person's advice and this person and then trying it and then figuring out his own and everything in between. So it definitely took a lot of time and a lot of research and a lot of effort and a lot of trial and error, but he's got, I mean, the brisket today is just, I mean, everything he puts on that smoker is just 
100 times better than what it began at. That, that is the modern barbecue education now. There's there's a lot of information out there now mm-hmm. to where right. if you've never worked at barbecue joints, you can still learn the modern methods of cooking. I mean, the Aaron Franklin videos were instrumental for a lot of people right. of how to trim, how to season, how to you know how to maintain fire and things like that. And there's a lot of information that wasn't out there as recently as 10 years ago that's there now. And it's been a big help to us. It's been a big help to a lot of people in the industry right. of of how to how to get to that final product that you get at a truth or a franklin or 2m smokehouse or one of those right, type of right. places and so one of the things i mean we we follow everything on instagram and kind of look at you know what everyone's doing how they're doing it and that's one of the first things that stood out when we saw i think it was an instagram story of one of your briskets on the pit and we're like oh he's shaping he's trimming like right. that's i mean and, and you could not everyone could tell i mean 95 percent of your customers probably don't know what it is they know it tastes really good and right. you know and, and it looks really good but how did you get to that point to where, because trimming a brisket is, there, there's a real science to why you do it the way you do it and how you do it. How did you get to that point to where you, that was a light bulb moment for you? Well, you know, when you go to these other places, Highlighting Truth, 2M, all these places, you see these perfectly nice slices of brisket. And you say, how did, how, how did they get that way? You know, what is it that they're doing that I'm not? And, you know, so I started watching videos. I started learning. And, you know, back in the day, there wasn't as much knowledge out that there is now, but what was interesting is the way you trim your briskets back then you thought you were doing it right because you didn't want to get rid of so much product you don't want to throw away five pounds of stuff but i mean i'll get a 10 i'll get a 17 pound brisket these days and you know i'll shape it up to 11 pounder no problem that's easy to cut off that much weight just sometimes you got to do it and i'm not trying to do it anymore because i understand that when you shape your briskets it's definitely going to come out a better product and that's was the turning point for me like i thought i was wasting uh you know part of our brisket by trimming so much off but at that point it's like no 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 you just have to repurpose it and and you know i think it's kind of that that stair step moment the first one is about is about shaping it to an even you know oh a quarter inch of fat a quarter inch of fat Mm -hmm. but you're not actually trimming and shaping the meat and it's painful to cut off that meat right (laughs) but uh, to your point i mean it does change and make a better product exactly a more even cook i mean we've noticed that you know things aren't you know obviously everything's staying perfectly shaped when it's shaped like that you know the smoke's traveling across it properly everything is cooking more even you know i'm not having to adjust our briskets as much i know you obviously you rotate them but it's just been a lot uh, more consistent i'll say for sure and with all that that extra meat you know you've got to do something with it um and like i said it's sometimes it's painful how much you i mean like you said i mean you you could go from a 17 to an 11 pound oh, simple and some of that gets thrown in the trash regardless because right. there's some fat that can't be reused exactly um, but but you guys have started making your own sausage very very early on uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the the impetus for that and and how that's come along um honestly when you talk about craft barbecue in my opinion it's not proper craft barbecue unless you're doing your own sausage. I mean, that's just the way I feel about it. Because if you're going to put that much effort into your briskets, into your ribs, into pulled pork, whatever you're cooking, why not for your sausage? I don't mind, you know, sourcing it through, you know, preserver. You know, obviously they've been doing it for years, so they're doing it right. But if you can create your own and it be good and it stands out in the fact that people enjoy it, that's proper craft barbecue to me. I mean the time and effort obviously you guys know into sausage is not a simple process and it's a learning curve when you start don't I always tell people do not get discouraged because your first batch didn't turn out properly or your second or your third exactly or if you're twisting links and you're busting that's normal I've got guys messaging me um, here in this area um, Big Phil's Smokehouse there's a couple other guys that are in this sort of area and they've you know 
been interested in making sausage. So they messaged me, hey, can you give me some tips? And I'm never shy to give away tips. Because if I could have had somebody that I could have leaned on to really understand the process behind it, I wouldn't have had, like you guys said, 10 or 12 bad batches, right? Like I've got stuff still in the freezer now that just didn't turn out the way I thought. So. Mallory, he's turned you into a sausage maker too. Yeah, so <laughs> aficionado over here. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. He finally you. talked me into it. Um, actually, so his good friend Matthew, who actually comes out and runs the smoker during service on Saturdays, helps Zade run the he's smoker. He's an extremely big help. Yeah, he's a. Uh, him and Zade's dad have really been like a big help in this whole business. Um, we've obviously had friends and family that have backed us, but Matthew and Zade's dad have been huge for us. Um, Matthew actually started the sausage journey with Zade. Those two would sit there and do all this research and try this and try that. And I would just sit on the couch. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with y'all sausage making. I'm not getting into it. No way. Um, but the more they got better at it and the more we had to start making more sausage and we opened this, um, I got sucked right into it. And actually, you know, it's gone from, what, like 12 to 14 hour nights of right, arguing of and yelling at each other <laughs> um, to like, you know, five hour process and actually enjoying it and having a good time. And uh, now having fun experimenting with new right, um, I mean, styles. We've done a couple recently that, you know, some work, some don't. Back in the day, you know, you're using tabletop hand grinders yeah. and you thought you were doing it right, you know. And We've had you, some less successful ones. There's something you did with yeah. lobster a while back that yeah. was pretty disgusting. The lobster one wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> the Route 66 one didn't come out. Well. Um, I'm still working on that one. Like we said, we have plenty of uh, bags of vacuum sealed sausage in the freezer that probably just need to be dumped in the trash at some point <laughs> but it is that playground for creativity it is, too it's right and that's that's kind of what you just said it's highlighted it for me is you can do anything with sausage i mean literally the stuff that people are coming out with today is just so inspiring to us like and i think people are more willing to accept a, a fancy or different sausage than they are something crazier with with traditional barbecue right you can only do so much with brisket but mm -hmm. you can do something wild with sausage and people are, are willing to accept it and try it. It just right. seems like, you know, I, I don't think you could do the same thing with brisket. Um, you know, some people are trying some different spices and seasonings, but you'd have to make it a dish, not sliced brisket. Yeah, definitely. Right, right. That's sausage has definitely been our playground. Like that's where during the week we have our, you know, Monday schedule, Tuesday schedule, Wednesday schedule. We know exactly when we're making a barbecue sauce or pickled onions. We're not really messing with those recipes as much, but like, when it comes to the time of the week we're making sausage, it's like, well, we have a little bit of extra trimmings and we have a little bit more than we need. What can we, let's make something new. Let's make something fun. What can we try out this week and right. see if it works? And, you know, that's kind of where it comes into repurposing all your ingredients, you know, like the trimmings that we are able to save. I don't personally use those trimmings in my sausage that I sell today, but anything that I'm experiencing or experimenting with, I'll use trimmings and I'll learn the process on and then I'll go and I'll buy the nice stuff, you know. Um, all our sausage has chuck in it, um, pork base, obviously. Um, but it's definitely, we've got one we're working on now. It's in uh, Mediterranean-style sausage. We wanted to take that kebab approach, have that same flavor, a little bit more of a fine grind rather than the coarse grind that we're used to. Um, just something different. Not I haven't seen on the market yet, but that's kind of what we're working on now. Um, it's not ready yet, but we're slowly getting better. So. I never drive down this direction, and now I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and to your kebab point, you know, one of the ones that, that I've played around with, Andrew doesn't even know about this, um, but is a casingless sausage. Um, so there's there's a video that I watched about using a uh, soda bottle. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's what I did. And, and you put a you, you can do it with a kebab stick, but I figured, oh, well, I'll just make some links, you know, kind of like Jimmy Dean breakfast links, but using that method. Um, and, and talking about halal options and things right. like that. You could do something like that exactly. too, kind of that down that path. Mm -hmm. um, 
Now, and as we talk about casings, um, how has that been as you progress? I, I heard you had a visitor early on that, that really kind of kicked you up a little right, notch on that. Right. Um, so for the longest time, we were using just uh, different styles of casings. You know, when we first started, I was going to Cabela's and buying the salt packet, you know, small off the shelf. And then for a while, we started going to different butcher shops and trying different casings. And then over time, um, when we opened, we kind of narrowed down to where we liked and we had a gentleman come, uh, Greg from World of Casings, and he tried our sausage and what stood out to him. And I, you know, after chatting with him and understanding a little bit more about casings and you know, understanding how it all works, the sausage was great. But when I told him I was having issues with you know, initially twisting links and doing all that, he brought the point up that it could be an old casing. And he uh, obviously offered his services. We were able to kind of switch uh, contact information. And now switching to his product at World of Casings, it's really made a huge difference. I mean, from the way we get our snap, you know, our casings aren't wrinkling up real bad. And um, it's definitely been a huge turning point for our sausage, as well as getting the right equipment and, uh, you know, having all the works in that aspect. So we, we've kind of jumped around on timelines here and there, but that's fine. We, we, we tend to do that. From, from the point of, you know, you, you had a teacher that got you the smoker, you, you learned in the backyard or the front yard, and, you, and you, you eventually got to this point. How did how did the business become a possibility for you guys? Well, you know, uh, kind of like we were touch base on, we started cooking for so many people because that's just, I love to feed people, right? And so I never had a problem with going and spending a couple hundred dollars on a Sunday afternoon to cook some, you know, great brisket and have all the family and friends over. But when those people tell you your food's good, you can't really take it for, you know, for what it is. I always joke and say, no one's going to tell you free food's bad. So over the time, we had some uh, inquiries about some catering events, and we had some people say, hey, you know, would you be interested? And it was nothing major, just like a baby shower here and there. And uh, from there, it went from, you know, small baby showers to weddings. And, you know, we got more and more confident as we started feeding so many strangers. I mean, we had people come from us and this is you know one of the events that we did and i always will remember this because it's just something that humbles me in the fact that we had a guy come and he was a big wig in the houston livestock show rodeo and barbecue contest and he had his belts and he had all his stuff and he came by and was like who's the who's the guy who cooked this food and you know i'm kind of hiding in the back so i don't like to be in front and they're all pointing at me and so i come out and i talk to him and you know, he's grilling me. He said, what kind of wood do you use? What kind of this? What smoker are you using? And, you know, I told him. I was really happy with sharing whatever I had to tell him. And in the end, he was like, you know, man, I have to tell you. I always tell people I'm willing to taste your brisket, but I'm more than happy to eat your brisket. And so that kind of meant a lot to me because at the end of the day, his daughter came by and was like, look, I just want you to know, you know he never tells anyone that. Like, he's so picky on everything he eats. And for him to come to you and tell you that should mean a lot. And so over the time talking to those guys and, you know, we just – we were embraced by that family. It was about a 300-person wedding, and I had grandmothers coming and hugging me. And I mean, it just was a cool experience. It really was amazing just to see how many people we made happy from that one day. And then from there, I was just kind of addicted. I started looking up food trailers and what can we do and oh, how we traveled can we... all over. <laughs> I mean, Texas I drove looking at food trucks and food trailers and, and trying to decide what we were going to do because we wanted a location. We were, we grew out of cooking out of our house there was no way we could do that anymore we had talked to a commissary on the island we needed so we had a little space, bit more space know. but there was just no way we could just keep doing the catering thing and I actually I work a job uh, Monday through Friday so I was working full-time he just wanted to go full-blown into the barbecue game so we started looking up trucks and trailers and that was in itself what three four months of right I mean it definitely searching. I've looked at so many trailers and I've 
even the one we have now, if I could do it over again, I may change a few things. It was a learning experience. It was something I knew nothing about. And I obviously I've gone through the trial and error to learn. And that's why one of the things for me, if anyone ever reaches out for any type of advice, and I, I can only give you so much, but anything that I do have, whether it comes from sausage or briskets or just how you started, I'm willing to share. Because at the end of the day, I'd rather people learn from my mistakes than jump out there and not be successful. Because at the end of the day, it's not a competition for me. Everybody can eat your barbecue. There's hundreds of thousands of people in this world, and there's a you know enough people to go around for everybody to be successful. You know, it's just you've got to support others. So and you've had a a, a, a couple of resets um, as as far as cooking. You started at a location just down the road. Um, you know, you're talking about um, getting started and, right. and doing things again. One of the things we always are interested in is is the regulations and food trucks and getting started. And, and Houston is pretty tough, um, but you you guys also had to do a, a move right early on. Right. Um, it definitely uh, was, a, like I said, it was a part of that learning process. We thought we knew what we were doing. We went and bought the food trailer and bought the power pole, sunk the pole, did everything, you know took the roof off I mean, we had a smoker inside here that we actually had to lift out of this place it was a i have pictures to show it was a crazy time well, probably shouldn't have done that <laughs> but we did i literally used a dry docking station and uh pulled the smokers out but but yeah going back to the point of at that old spot you know we set it up and it was right off the road and it was just right down the street from where we are now actually two streets over and uh the city of santa fe just had nothing in place for food trailers or excuse me hitchcock had nothing in place for uh, food trailers so in the end i talked to the mayor i sat down and said how can we change this how can we make a new mold because obviously y'all are behind like food trucks are a thing and what can we do to change this and she basically said at this moment there's nothing i can do for you guys like literally there's nothing i can change in the rule book that says smoking disease is allowed so i said okay you know i'm not going to give up i'm not going to quit um, she said, well, I can't offer you a hawker license, which was um, a small period of time. It was a two-month frame or a month and a half or something like 90 that. Ninety days. Ninety days. And uh, in the end, that's not enough time to start a proper business. I mean, I don't want to get out there and have people enjoy it, and then you have to shut your doors. So we uh, picked up our bootstraps, and we moved locations two streets over, which was extremely fortunate enough for us that we were able to secure another location within a different city. Um, now we're in Bayou Vista, and it's just a whole lot easier. They were extremely easy to work with. and oh, Yeah, they were more than happy to have us here. They love it. I mean, really, the sad part is, like, this is such a beautiful neighborhood, and this is such a beautiful space, and there's just not a lot of places to eat around here. There really isn't. And it's, it's difficult around here because the summer is so amazing and does so great. But, like, right now in February, you know, 60% of this neighborhood is are what we'd call weekenders. weekenders yeah. And so if it's not a beautiful weekend, they stay at their home in Houston. And then the you know, neighborhood's kind of dead. But then during the summer, everyone's here all summer long. They bring their kids down all summer long, and it's great. So it's we have the same struggles here that, you know, businesses do on the island. Galveston struggles during the off-season. We see our businesses close down all the time on the island because they just can't make it through the off-season. So it's we love this neighborhood. It keeps getting better. We live here, actually. We can drive our golf cart to and from our trailer to our house. I'm extremely jealous of it. When we bought our golf cart, I was like, company vehicle, fantastic. <laughs> so we love it. We love this community. It's been nothing but good to us. And really, when they, when the people here found out that we couldn't make it just two streets, I mean, literally, you can see the space from here. Um, when everyone found out in the neighborhood we couldn't take that space, I mean, right away, they're like, well, we know where, somewhere you can go. And they gave us this space, and it was great. That's awesome. I mean, you're, this story is very reminiscent to me of Arnis and Mallory Robbins from Evie Mays, um, which their business started out in Arizona 
and they wanted to be closer to family, so they ended up moving into Lubbock. Right. And with you know, built out a food trailer and had these big plans to be a food trailer, a food truck in Lubbock. And right when they're getting ready to launch, Lubbock tells them, basically, you can't do it. Right. You know, and so that you know, they scrambled and they found this little town of Wolferth, which is just outside of Lubbock, and and you know, the regulations were easier for them to be able to operate and. Imagine the heartache that they went through. Oh, though, they, they were terrified. States, talking I mean, with Arnis, I mean, he, I mean, they, 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 you know, they had invested so much, they, everything they had into this business, right. and it was, it was terrifying to the prospect of we're not even going to be able to start this business. Mm-hmm. And so they ended up in a warehouse in Wolferth, Texas, wow. and you know, now they're in a beautiful restaurant, and you know, they're, they're, they're their story is well told, and their food is incredible. But it's just very reminiscent of just because the first step didn't exactly work out the way you wanted it to. It may have been there may have been a good reason for that maybe for the best ultimately and so don't be seems. don't be afraid to switch if you have yeah, to right, right. And, and shift gears i mean that's that's a big thing to me there, there's a lot of people that'll either just keep chucking along or give up and you know it, right. it's a persistence and following that dream it's always a great thing yeah owning a business is definitely being able to adjust and work with what you got because there's no there is no you definitely can't be scared you know you've got to jump into it and you've got to believe in what you're doing because if you don't and you have any doubts you're not going to be successful you know you have to sit there and you're going to have hard days i mean i tell people all the time everyone asks me how is it? it's going great i love what i do but there is days where it's difficult you know when you're by yourself and you know obviously i've got mallory by my side but when she works seven days a week that's hard to ask any more out of her so it's definitely been one of those things that when you put in the effort and you put in the time and you see the reaction from people, that's what's important. And all those hard times, it don't matter. Yeah, you know? it's, it, it's a powerful drug seeing, seeing the reaction of people eating the food that you've put everything into. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I remember the first time we served not very good food to people. And <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, we thought it was a good effort. But yeah, I mean, just that first time, just experiencing people see, eating your food and, and right. having a positive reaction. Strangers, that's always the yeah, best thing. The, yeah. That's it, always it, the coolest part. It is. There, there's nothing quite like it. I mean, it's. I, I can definitely see why, why it's a passion and why you're willing to put up with the regulations and all the crazy stuff you have to put up with from day to day, you know, to, to, to get those reactions. I mean, it's, it's difficult. So I'm going to try a segue here. Are you oh, ready good. for this Here one? we go. I did a couple earlier. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Speaking of strange things and strangers. <laughs> Um, let's let's talk about this pit that you got behind us here. All right. Um, how how did that come into being? And uh, tell us a little bit about it. All right. Well, I mean, I going back to that pit I was given uh, back in high school. Um, it was definitely one of those. It was small. I could only do a couple things on it. And so I started looking on. You know, this was Craigslist before it was major. And uh, yeah, so I came across this pit, and uh, a friend of mine said, "Hey, man, we got to go check this out." And this was before I knew what I was even thought I knew what I was doing you know it's just I saw this pit it was a decent price and it you know drove me to it so a friend of mine I got him in the car and we drove down and I show up and a tire is missing and I'm thinking to myself god what I get myself into I took a two-hour drive to look at this thing and um, he's like oh the guy's coming back with the tire no big deal so I check it out and you know I just thought it was massive you know I had never seen like this this is not a propane tank basically this is a a rolled steel with flat caps right this is a rolled steel with flat caps Uh, firebox is sort of built into the cylinder um kind of like uh, bodacious a little bit with bowser a little bit yeah bodacious got some funky pits it does remind a little bit of bowser right they've got some cool stuff over there but yeah and uh so it took a it took a long time to understand it. I mean, it's not like those, uh, like you said, Moberg or El Cucaracha. It's not like those pits. You know, they're not running. This thing's not just smooth sailing all day. If you don't really have your hands on it, it's not gonna just run for you. But 
I've gotten it to where I'm really happy with it and I would never get rid of it. You know, it's a it's a cool pit. It's an old school design. I wish I knew the builder. I would love to go and call him now and say, hey, thank you. You know, like this thing not only, you know, started our business, but it still is cooking wonderful briskets to this day. So um, it's an interesting pit, but we sure love it. But I'm not going to say I'm not excited about our new one. Yeah, so tell us a little <laughs> yeah. bit about that. Uh, well, we've been on uh, the wait list, what, since you said July, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Uh, fortunately enough for me, I've got an amazing wife. Uh, she signed me up for this pit without me knowing, so it was a super surprise for me. And uh, obviously she hears all the gripes and complains about the one I cook on now. So finally she bit the bullet and got us on the list, and uh, I'm super excited. You know, Dennis is doing wonderful work. Um, he's really pleasant to work with. And, uh, this is La Cucaracha out of Austin. Right. Uh, El Dallas. Cucaracha. Yep. El, El Cucaracha, Cucaracha smokers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's doing awesome stuff. Um, I love that he's still working out of his garage. You know, I just think that's cool. The grit in it. You know, he doesn't have all these big equipment. Like, he, we were chatting the other day, and he was super excited about the forklift he got, you know. So from going from his garage, now that he's got a forklift and he's got the proper equipment, I just think his his product is getting better and better as every build passes. So... I'm pumped to get his pit. Uh, I hope that people come out and see it. I think it's definitely something that's going to make our business at least run a little bit more smooth, if not take it to a next level. So all the barbecue wives out there, Mallory has just one-upped all of you. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me tell you, she definitely, I, I couldn't be more happy. I Honestly, I... Hey, hey, mine gave me the gift of Sausage Camp. This is true. For Christmas last year. Yeah, yeah that's pretty yeah. awesome, that too. But not a 500 gallon. <laughs> no, no. I, I, but, but, hey, she's allowing me. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's that's a different story altogether, right? Yeah, we, we have a growing collection of pits that our wives put up with for some reason or another. But that's just one of the many things they have to put up with from oh, us. Oh, well, no, that was, like, the thing. I was like, I'm going to get us this pit, so then we're going to have these two pits. we got to get rid of the one in the house. And he's like, nope, that's the original pit. So <laughs> that one's not like, going okay. anywhere. So then we took this ginormous pit out of our trailer when we bought it, and we've never used it. Um, but yeah. we still own that one as well. Apparently it's not so going anywhere. So if anyone's anywhere. in the market. <laughs> we're going to start the National Barbecue Pit Museum, and yes, you, can, yes. you can come visit your pit <laughs> anytime t- you want I'm to. I'm telling <laughs> That was a whole stack them up in our backyard if you'd like to check them out. That's right. The the Smithsonian of pits. There you go. Right. Let's let's get into this menu a little bit. Uh, I know, and we're getting close to opening here, so we gotta we gotta get through the menu here and then uh, let let these fine people serve some barbecue. Does the menu change often, or what what are kind of the rotational meats and sides that you guys have? Right. So um, every weekend we try to run some different specials. Um, Obviously, our standard menu stays the same. You know, brisket is king in Texas. Um, Obviously, we've got three different types of house-made sausage. Um, our spare ribs are more on the sweet side, but kind of seems that's what people are loving these days. Um, we've got some awesome taco options. Uh, we actually, we highlight our tortillas. They're from a guy out in uh, Kansas City. His name's Carmelo. He does some amazing stuff. His tortillas, honestly, for me, stand out, and that's why we used them. Duck fat tortillas. Right, yes. these duck fat tortillas are really, really delicious. Um, so we've been happy to use his product, and he's been really great to work with. Uh, we use Martin rolls on all of our sandwiches. We don't highlight that very much, but we do use a higher quality roll in my opinion. But yeah, we've got several meat plate options. Um, you can order by the pound. Um, three different types of sausage. We've got a loco link that is what we've kind of come up with. It's got a uh, fire roasted poblanos, two di- di- excuse me, two different types of cheese. And uh, we've got the normal traditional jalapeno cheddar. And then we've got a smoked boudin that we've obviously named after Uncle Billy. He's good. He's a family member of mine, and uh, he's very serious about his boudin. You know, he... Uh, it was a really good boudin we had yeah. that last time. I we appreciate it. That's definitely something that he's taken a lot of time 
to learn and become better at, and he's slowly passing it on to me. I don't really know the whole recipe just yet. Was there, was there liver in that one? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, yes and that's, that's a true boudin. Right. It's a true boudin. You get that kind style, of off yeah. taste. Yeah. Right, right. Uncle Billy's a true coon ass, you know. Besides <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what? We have loaded baked potato salad and jalapeno cream corn that we have every weekend. We just introduced uh, cornbread souffle. So that's a new one for us. Uh, we started doing half chickens. <laughs> we both look at each other with our eyes. Ooh. <laughs> it's definitely... Uh, a, it's delicious. It's delicious. Uh, it's actually something we used to do with our catering orders all the time. And then when we opened the trailer and we did the... We wanted to do the jalapeno cream corn. I was like, can we do two corn options? Is that like too much? So we just started bringing the cornbread souffle on. It seems to be doing pretty well. Um, we do half chickens now on Saturdays. We just started doing chicken. Um, that's been a hit and selling out every weekend. I, th yeah. I think a lot of places are, are not focused enough on chicken i mean it's 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 inexpensive right. which is a big thing as, as brisket prices and, and both retail and wholesale go up and fluctuate chicken's a great option for a lot of people and it's healthier yeah right. and i think the especially for like women in this neighborhood and in this you know women aren't huge into barbecue a lot of time women don't really like smoked flavor a lot big fatty brisket right. they, yeah they don't right. want big moist brisket yeah. that's not really their thing we have i mean i this is the funniest thing to me i don't know how many husbands come to our trailer and I was like, my wife hates brisket, but loves your brisket. And I'm like, I will take that compliment That's all day great. long. Yeah. So they kept asking for chicken. So we finally about, what, about a month ago, we introduced chicken on Saturdays and, and know, it's been great. Kind of like you guys highlighted, I feel like chicken is more of a feasible option. You can offer it at a fair rate to where you're getting a large meal for not a lot of money. And I don't want people to come here and not afford to eat. You know, obviously I want to make some decent money and I'd like to make it feasible. But at the end of the day, if you can't come here and have a good meal and become full off, you know, let's say 10, 20 bucks, then there's something wrong, you know? So we always want to have different options for different folks. You know, we always want to have something available. Even if you want to spend five bucks, come get a quarter pound of sausage, you know, like we'll, we'll take care of you. So the last of the specials actually, so this kind of sad, we need a bigger menu because our menu has grown and we can't fit everything. <laughs> so the smoked brisket grilled cheese is a regular. We do that every weekend now. It's not technically a special. Um, we make a triple chocolate cake here in house. Um, but actually we have a friend here in the neighborhood yeah. named Matt. He lives over actually a mega bay, which is across the street. Um, he was in an accident a couple years ago. Um, left him with some serious brain injuries and has been in recovery for a while now and has found that he is an amazing cake maker. Wow. He makes the butter pecan cake, crown royal apple cake, just amazing cakes. Wow. Um, and he's been selling them here every weekend. So this weekend he wasn't able to make it, so I made a chocolate cake. But normally we're selling his cakes here and they are just... It's definitely something I wanted to highlight. Matt's an extremely um, incredible person. You know, when we opened, him and his uh, mom used to come get food all the time. And so slowly we got to know them, and we try to get to know every every customer. So we've kind of got to know Matt over the you know last few months, and we've kind of come to realize that he's got a special talent for baking. I bought a couple cakes for my family Christmas party, and after tasting them, I can't say enough good things. You know, like it's really cool to um, support somebody who's been knocked down, right? Like he's, he's come from a lot. Like this guy goes through more than any of us can deal with. I work really hard, you know, don't sleep for three or four days at a time, but imagining what he has gone through in his life. And, you know, it just means a lot to support him. At the end of the day, I would rather not sell my cake and sell his cake any day of the week. And honestly, his stuff's amazing. And uh, he's, ex we're fortunate to have him. That's awesome. And it's, I mean, it's something that 
it's it's a common theme through a lot of the barbecue stores we hear is the community aspect of barbecue and that's you don't get more involved in the community than right. a customer of yours that's part of this community this local community that's now providing a product that you're proud to serve right with your right i mean honestly it means a lot to us at the end of the day he like you said he came by and supported us a lot and at this point for us it's nothing like we're doing nothing we're just we're giving him a small platform to sell his cakes on but at the end of the day i think it's impacted his life in such a tremendous fashion that's incredible um with uh i know we've, we've spoken both on and off the record about you know future future menu ideas and, and trying to tie in more of your your heritage into right. you know your flavors that you grew up with into your barbecue menu um in addition to that once i know you said the summers are a lot busier will there be any expanded hours for smoking z's or is that still just kind of in, in development or? so that's kind of what we're working on we've got a lot of people here in the community that you know beg us to open more often uh, the issue is, is the quality of the food. I want to make sure that everything stays the same. And at this point, learning our business and where we're at with our growth, two days makes more sense to us. But we would really love to start expanding our hours and maybe open up on a Friday, you know, lunch service, um, you know, even maybe just a dinner service, like cook through the cook throughout the day and have it ready for when everyone gets off. Because I feel like this community... Nice nice community option for dinner. Exactly. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of options. You know, every now and again, throughout the week, we'll do small pop-ups. You know, have a limited menu. I don't advertise that so much, but we've got people begging us. So, you know, every now and again, I'll come here, I'll shoot up, I'll come on a Wednesday. And we'll sell limited, you know, limited menu options, but they love it. So we would like to expand our hours, but, you know, with Mallory working a full-time job, until we get a little bit more help and grow a bit, I think two days a week is perfect for us. And... Uh, that's kind of what we're going to stick to for now, but we definitely in the future would love to expand our hours. Excellent. Well, come on down. You know, the great thing is um, for all of us heathens, you guys are open on Sundays as well, but that's that's a great option for people that are tied up on Saturdays. Just like today, we were able to come out on a Sunday. Saturdays and Sundays down in Bayou Vista. Let's um, go ahead and give out the address yep. so everyone knows where to go. It's 3115 Highway 6, Bayou Vista, Texas. If you pull into Bayou Vista, you'll see the Easy Food Mart right there. Go right behind the Easy Food Mart. You'll see our shed. You'll see our blue trailer. You can't miss it. All right. And the Instagram handle for you guys is? Smoking Z's Barbecue. Yep. That's BBQ. So everyone get out there. Give them a follow. Get out there and eat some really good barbecue. The creative sausages are, are excellent. And we're uh, we're about to eat another meal. So. Yeah, I'm ready. Awesome, awesome guys. guys. All right. Thanks again for joining us. Thank hey, you. Hey, thank you all so much. All right, there you go. Some two great kids doing their thing down by Galveston. Yeah, that was a fun one. We really love highlighting stories like that of people that have a clear passion for it and clear desire to keep improving and keep growing. And Smoking Z's is definitely the embodiment of that. So um, hope you enjoyed that one. We've got uh, some more great episodes on the way. Uh, of course, we'll be in Charleston next month for the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. So be following along for that. We're going to have some exciting episodes coming up You know, following the festival. Really looking forward to that. And there's a lot of great barbecue events going on in Texas over the next couple of months, Brian. Yeah, you know, we kind of split the barbecue season into spring and fall. There's not a whole lot in the middle of the summer, rightfully so. Um, coming up first, uh, February 24th, Sausage Kings of Austin from 365 Things Austin. This is a fun fest. They they skipped a year last year. Um, I know uh, there's quite a few people attending. I know uh, La Barbecue is, is one of the ones that will be competing um, I can't remember who else. I apologize. Uh, Salt and Time, I know, is going to be involved in that as well. Um, th- th- it was, it's been put on for several years. Like you said, they skipped a year. But uh, the premise of the festival is 
The, oh, Micklewaite and Bangers. Oh, well, of course, Micklewaite, Bangers, yes. Um, Style Switch, Schultz Garden, and the Brewer's Table themselves. There you go. It's taking place at the Brewer's Table, and everyone makes a creative sausage, and there's a judging panel that, that judges, or is it People's Choice, Brian? It's both, I believe. It's both? Okay. Yeah. I know, I, I know there was a voting last year as well. Um, really good, or year before last, uh, that was when I believe uh, La Barbecue won with a Chipotle sausage. Yeah, and so another another great event, barbecue centric event. Uh, tickets are affordable. Um, of course, the Houston Barbecue Festival, which is uh, I don't want to get the year wrong. It's either the sixth or the seventh. I think it's the seventh, seventh. year. Seventh year, seventh, yeah, yeah. The seventh festival, uh, seventh annual festival, put on by Chris Reed, Michael Fulmer, and crew. Uh, J.R. Cohen does all their media. It's uh, just a really good. Hey, J.R. Buy my boat. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's that's a whole separate issue. But um, but yes, the the 7th Annual Houston Barbecue Festival going on April 14th at the Humble Civic Center. Uh, if you're not from around the Houston area, that's Humble, uh, H-U-M-B-L-E, but for whatever reason, we don't pronounce the H, so it's Humble. So yeah, the Humble Civic Center, April 14th. You can get your tickets at houbbq.com. Um, it's always a good time. They're going to have over 20 vendors out there from the Houston area serving up uh, barbecue samples there'll be craft beer to purchase and live music and it's usually a pretty decent time of year i mean you might you you might get unlucky with some rain or something like that but it's usually before it gets too blazing hot in in houston to be able to be outside for a festival and after that is the the big one red dirt um tickets ha- are sold out so if you don't have a ticket so then... say, why are we even promoting that event <laughs> you can't get in <laughs> right but we should at least at least because yes. i mean it is a great event um it's a ton of fun but uh hopefully you got tickets you're gonna go um then there's another one that i don't think they've officially announced it yet but should be soon which is waco's pints in the park which was just a, a ton of fun last year yeah we had a great time at that event um it takes place in a park in waco Right on the water. Um, they, hopefully it'll be the same spot this year. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> that, that, that's where it's been in the past. Hopefully it's there again this year. But as details become available, we'll definitely let you guys know on future episodes. But they had uh, about eight different barbecue vendors there last time and multiple, about maybe two dozen beer vendors there last year. And your ticket got you unlimited samples from the barbecue restaurants and 12 two-ounce samples of beer from whichever beer vendor you chose to sample from. So, And I believe tickets were $35. I mean, it was an incredible value. Really nice time of year to be out in Waco. I'm sure, you know, in the years past, the Waco joints have been there, so I'm sure they'll probably be well-represented as well as some others. So we're looking forward to that one. But, yes, the, the special event and barbecue festival circuit is definitely kicking into high gear. Tons of fun out there. Get out there on the road. Go explore some of these new places, new locations that have opened up lately. Um, Some of the ones we've just had on our show recently. And if you do like our show, we we would ask for one thing. Please take a little bit of time out of your day and go rate us on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on. Yeah, I mean, it helps us. It lets us know, you know, how we're doing. It also gets the more ratings you get, the more eyes and ears get to your show. And so, we like to share these stories of different people in barbecue, and it just helps it, it, you know, it helps us expose the stories to more people. So we we absolutely appreciate that, and of course, following us on social media is always appreciated. At Tales from the Pits on Instagram, at BBQ Podcast on Twitter. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us via email, we've gotten a lot of really good emails lately. People that are coming into Texas for barbecue road trips and asking for advice and and meeting up. And you know, if we are, if we're available too, we'd love to meet up and and talk with people that are passionate about barbecue. So you can uh, email us at talesfromthepits at gmail dot com. 
And we've got uh, we've got a little barbecue merchandise in the works, Brian, huh? Yeah, you know, we uh, haven't really pushed this a lot, and we've been working on it and working on it. And we didn't want to just have uh, merchandise that just had our logo on it and nothing else. But um, we've got two things coming up, a really exciting T-shirt that we've been working on. Uh, how much uh, you want to give them as far as a, a, a little tease? Um, well, let's just say it's an homage to Texas barbecue. Um, we've tried to throw some Easter eggs in there for some of you barbecue nerds. Um, it's it's kind of a a portrait of what we consider Texas barbecue, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll leave it at that for now. And you guys hopefully will be seeing the finished product in the very near future on that. As long as we can get our T-shirt vendor sorted out, yeah. we're still working on that. Yeah, we're working on that, but we're getting close. We're going to get it figured out soon because we want we're setting deadlines for ourselves, or we never get things done. Yeah. And we got a new logo and new stickers coming out from that, and uh, we're doing a special thing for people that have been on our show, which is the golf towel, which is not called a golf towel; it's called a pit towel. So if you've been on our show, we're going to work on getting these uh, made up for you and get them out to you. Give us a little bit of time and some patience. And if uh, if you're interested these in... These are being handmade by <laughs> Brian. So, so Well, not fully handmade. Not fully, yeah, he's yes, not yes. sewing and crocheting towels. <laughs> but the, the embroidery that's being done on these is being done by Brian. So it's it's going to take some time because we have lives and jobs and things. Because <laughs> we needed more hobbies. Yes, uh, yes, yes. But, but we are working. And it's just, you know, it's just a fun thing to... To say thank you to the places that have been involved with our show over the last almost two years now, um, and then future guests and, and people that are involved with the show going forward. Absolutely. And so we'll uh, we'll get that out and uh, get some pictures of that. The shirt as well will be available soon. Um, same thing that we're working on uh, getting that available on some different channels and hopefully be able to bring some around with us too if you catch us out on the road. And that's really one of the things too. If you see us out eating, Colorado's we're going to be carrying um, this summer, maybe not tomorrow, but um, we've been collecting a whole lot of stickers and koozies and some little goodies. So um, hopefully if you see us, we've got a, a bag of swag and uh, we'll let you grab something out of there. Yeah, and we'll call it bobbing for barbecue. It'll just be a big bucket and you can just blindly grab and get something out of it. But <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we have lots of little tricks and trinkets up our sleeves and and again we just we like to pay it forward to the people that are as into barbecue as us because again we we do this show because it's a passion for us and because we you know that's what the song the says oh yeah that is i guess that is yeah thanks mitch for putting that in the song works mitch fairchild fairchild barbecue yep um shout out to mitch as always for our theme song and again thank you all for listening we've got more episodes coming up and we'll be talking to you soon out